Uh, today is a day of prayer. I ask you uh, 714 a.m., 714 p.m. as it relates to 2 Chronicles 714. Is any sick among you? And to pray the prayer of faith, that's an uh, important scripture. But if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, and turn from their wicked way, they will hear from heaven. And God said, I will heal their land. And that's 2 Chronicles 714. So if you can, set your phone or some alarm for the a.m. time and for the p.m. time because a few prayers multiply into a lot of prayers and that gets uh, a lot done. New series today, we call it Questions. And uh, in all the Gospels, Jesus asked more than, more than 100 questions during his ministry in those Gospels. And so our series today is dealing with questions that might happen in your life. And this is the start. The one today is, why are you so afraid? Would you say that with me? Why are you so afraid? It's all right to do it right there at home. It's all right wherever you are to kind of join us and let's work together this morning. You see, as we deal with that, we are in the middle of something that in my generation, we don't know anything about. We're in the middle of a great challenge, and we know that not only does it have to do with a virus, it has to do with small businesses who are choking because they don't have business. It's a new paradigm that's taking place in the world in which we live today. It's something that we haven't faced, and it's scary. It causes fear. It causes us to, to waffle and to wonder, well, what are we going to do now? And in the midst of this series, it is the question that Jesus asked, and there is a realization of why he asked that question to those disciples, why are you so afraid? Well, new paradigm in the way that we, uh, we're at home together. Have you noticed that? At least some of you are at home together. The kids are out of school, uh, daycares are closed, and moms and dads are having to deal with children, but not only that, the children have to deal with parents. Do you ever think of it that way? We uh, saw a little note that we wanted to share with you. It's from Ben. He actually wrote this note. And uh, so here, here's what it says. He writes and he says, it's not going good. Uh, my mom is really getting confused. We took a break so my mom could figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you, it is not going good, period. Well, the kids are a little disturbed because the normal routine of their household is not like it used to be. Jesus never had, I don't think, a normal moment. If you're here for three years and you are the Son of God and you've got to deliver the message, a life-changing message, you've got to to take a group of leaders, we call them disciples, and you've got to gather them to carry on the ministry at the end of three years. A lot has to happen. There's not a lot of time for the normal part of life. But we find him this time on the Sea of Galilee. He, of course, is, uh, is preaching and teaching, and a great crowd has gathered together. And we have that text in Mark, the fourth chapter, verse number 35. Here's what it says. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. 
A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. It's late afternoon. He says, let's go to the other side. All of a sudden, as you read the text just now with me, a great storm broke. Their boat was not a big boat. It was hit and hit hard. And water began to come on board. And so that's kind of where we are now, the unusual, the abnormal, the unknown, all that we have to deal with. I shared with you last week, I'll share it again, that boats don't sink by the water around them. Boats sink by the water that gets in them. And if you deal with fear getting in the boat, it'll sink your spiritual boat. If you deal with anxiety, it'll sink your spiritual boat. If you deal, uh, deal with unbelief, it'll sink your spiritual boat. So you have to be careful that you don't let anxiety and fear and those kind of things and discouragement get in your boat. And so we know that it was quite a big deal, quite a big deal for these disciples because they actually thought, well, we're going down. Now, I, I had a boat that sank one time as a rowboat, but there was a swamp buggy one time I was on when Victory first started. And the pond out there as you drive into the uh, campus, uh, one individual said, oh, that swamp buggy will just go right through that pond. It's not very deep. We got in the middle of it. It's more than 10 feet deep. I was on the back and I bailed. I thought I've got to go get somebody to help us pull us out and, uh, and or, or we're going to sink right here. And so I jumped off and I took off and got to the shore there to try to get someone. The problem is Sharon was on the thing and I left her behind. And most people thought, well, what kind of husband are you? What kind of preacher are you that you jump and you leave your wife on a sinking ship, on a sinking swamp buggy? Well, I, I think after all these years now, 30 years, I've I've been able to survive that accusation and come through. But that was a weary, weary, weary feeling to believe that, wow, that actually could happen. I've been on a plane before and coming into Tampa, not any lightning, but a massive storm. And it turned that plane as we were preparing to land. Almost the wings were vertical. And I, I'm here to tell you, no one on that plane was worried about calling out God in the public forum. People heard the name, I heard it, and said, oh my God, because everyone there was afraid. Well, Jesus is always with us, and in the situation with these disciples, it says that he was in the stern, and he was there sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him up, which is what we would do. More people have called on God lately than people have called on him before, and they said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus got up and, and reached out to them and spoke to the wind and the waves. And he said, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. It was no ordinary storm that hit them. They called upon him and said, teacher, don't you care that we drown? And they watched him do something so unbelievable to them but so normal to Jesus you see he was God in the flesh and he said peace be still they awakened him peace 
be still. I don't know, but in those moments of 7.14 in the morning and 7.14 in the evening and then in my office, I often say, God, peace, be still. When I watch the news and I hear the reports of different friends of mine who, who of course, are going through the real challenge. And going through what I'm going to do with my business, we had to close the doors. Or servers of people that I knew in the restaurant who, who don't have their job. Or loved ones who, who lose a loved one during this time of, of questionable circumstances. And I say, God, are you still with us? Can I hear in the quiet of my heart the words, peace be still? When they were upset, Jesus said, why are you so afraid? Well, boy, that could tag you and me today. Why am I afraid? What am I worried about? Why, why, why should any of us get upset? I'll use a common term. Jesus may have said, well, why are you just freaking out? Where's your faith? Where's your security? Where's your comfort? They were terrified. The word terrified means, if you can get it in your head, that, hey, their knees were knocking together. They were so upset and so afraid. And when Jesus so casually got up and spoke to the winds and the wave and it stopped, it created a pause for them. And this is what they said. Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Now listen, as a pastor and someone that loves you, and those of you that are listening, I know it's easy to get nervous and anxious. And I know that even if we didn't have a coronavirus, there'd be something else that would try to shake us up. But how wonderful is it that it doesn't shake our Savior up? He is rock solid to be able to speak into our lives and to be able to encourage us in our moment of great difficulty. Well, it was the perfect storm almost. Sea of Galilee, 680 feet below sea level. I've been there many times. As a matter of fact, a year ago today, I had a group of 125 or so individuals in Israel and we were on the Sea of Galilee during that period of time. What a beautiful time that was. But we could look to the west on the Sea of Galilee, and we could see those mountains that this scripture is talking about. It's really real. And it would be that that wind and that rain would come and swirl around those mountains and swoop down. And those disciples, some of whom were fishermen, knew what that was like. It was of no surprise. But this storm was beyond anything that they thought they could imagine. And we think, wow, I keep hearing the reports. I reported to you last week the many people that have been adversely affected by the virus that we're going through now. Now more than 124,000 cases. But there are a couple things I want to say to you, and it's this. It'll probably get worse, I'm speaking as of today, before it gets better. You say, well, thank you for the encouragement. But you know, the other thought is this, it will get better. And it won't be long until COVID-19 virus that hit us in March of 2020 will be nothing more than a memory. 
And we will look back and say, do you remember in March of 2020? I think that's the year that it was. That bad virus that hit us. But may I tell you something? That Jesus and his care for you, care for me and his power and his anointing is not squelched when challenges hit. Doesn't matter whether the storm blows. It doesn't matter how big the virus is. It doesn't matter to him. His love for us absolutely never, never, never changes. But it can change like that. Circumstances of life so very quickly. Now, there's some things that take us by surprise. Here's a statement. This is not, it's a novel statement. Life is life until you're dead. Well, life is life until you're dead. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know when the next virus. I don't know when the next challenge. I don't know when the next sickness. That's life. And life will be life until we die. And then when we die after death is the judgment. But listen carefully. Life can be a journey that can be exciting. It really is how you look at it and maybe what your perspective is. Life is that journey. Well, what's life going to deal with me today? I don't know. But whatever it is, you can decide, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to live with it. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to stay on track. I'm not going to back up and I'm not going to retreat. Or life can be that water that tries to get in your boat. It's fear. It's anxiety. What's God up to? Where is God at? How come he's not helping us through? Why didn't he just quelch this virus? Why didn't, why didn't he stop it before I had to close the doors of my business? Why, did, why didn't it stop before I, I've been laid off on my job because there's not enough business? Why didn't that happen? You can respond that way if you want to. But that'll get you nowhere. Because what you're doing when you do that is you're giving a little accolade to the enemy of your soul. But if you say, hey, life is life, and I'm going to live it to the best of my ability, and I've got a friend whose name is Jesus. And that's a good point. You see, whatever we're facing, and we know what it is today, we are in the presence of God. You remember that song that we sing in the presence of Jehovah? We sing it. I love that song. Everyone at Victory Church know that I do. But the beautiful thing about it, that when the squall was hitting that boat, where was Jesus? He was in the stern with his head on a cushion asleep. So, doesn't matter wherever you go, whatever you face, however you're managing, the issue is he is with us. Would you say that with me? He is with us. You say that at home. Say it again. He is with us. We have his presence. So we can talk about the great difficulties, but he is with us. Here's what the scripture said. Said in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. You take heart. You're going to have trouble. Life's going to deal something with you. You cannot manage but it's your opportunity to say, I'm going to manage it with Jesus holding my hand. You see, you cannot go from light into darkness because darkness will prevail when the light is gone. But he is the light. 
When you go from darkness into light, darkness cannot prevail over light. As a matter of fact, remember this. There is no situation ever that you have ever faced where darkness overcame the light. That's why Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So my life, the way that I walk and questions that I might have, here's what I know. Christianity is not a playground, it's a battleground. Now, some of you might think, well, when I started following the Lord Jesus Christ, I thought all my troubles would be over. Nah. No. The problem is we think that, but the reality is that you're going to face the same problems that anyone else faces. You see, the virus we're facing today, the child has no respect of religion or whatever the belief system is. But when you rock solidly declare, God, I know whom I have believed, and I'm trusting you through this entire situation, and you will not forsake us, you're going to stay with us. And then think about it. He's given us his word and said, hang to that. I like to personalize scripture. Here it is, Psalms 46, 1. God is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my ever-present help in time of trouble in hebrews 13 5 never will my god leave me never will he forsake me in psalms 23 even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i'm not staying here i'm walking through and when i'm walking through i will fear no evil because my god is with me my security blanket is the covering of the blood of jesus christ so when I know that I'm in his presence and he is with me, then I also know that, that I, have, I have a purpose, a purpose. You have a purpose. So he says, let's go to the other side, to the disciples. Well, well, let's go. You see, Jesus knew that with someone on the other side, that was a demoniac that needed deliverance that was actually hurting himself. And Jesus knew that he was the answer. Jesus also knew that there'd be a storm. What am I trying to tell you? I don't know about tomorrow, but I know when I'm in his presence, we will face it together. I don't know what the markets might do, stock market, but we will face it together. You say, well, were they out of the will of God? Nah. See, every time trouble hits you, if you think I'm out of the will of God, you're going to be one more confused individual. Buckle up. They were in the will of God. But the beauty of it is, when you're in the presence of Jesus, and you're following Him, and you hit challenges in your life, there will always be a purpose for everything that you go through. James is the one that stated, Consider it pure joy, my brothers. When you're facing trials of different kinds and testing your faith, he said, perseverance must finish its work so that you may mature and be complete, not lacking anything. So in this situation, it's actually the opportunity that we hear, consider it joy when you face trials. Well, here's the question for all of us. In our situations now, in our troubled times, whether it's financially, relationally, Whatever the case, what are you learning? That's the question I ask as a pastor. 
What am I learning? I'm learning you can have church in a kind of a different paradigm. I'm learning stay true to the cause. I'm learning that if you stay positive, you have to work at it. I'm learning that, hey, God, you're up to something, and I'm going to find out what it is. I'm learning these are moments that you can get close to the Lord. Sharon and I, every time we hear of a challenge or a situation, we say, well, let's pray now. I've taught that to you and said, don't ever wait to pray. Pray now. Pray now. And we just pray. You get more prayer time in. And that's when we understand that we have a purpose. Then life is lived with great expectations. And you say, what is it that I need to learn? As a church, what are we learning? And as a family, what are we learning? And as an individual, what are you learning? What are you learning about yourself? How are you learning about how you manage challenges? What are you learning about maybe some things that you're having to do without? You're learning to say, we just learn to cope. Here's a good one. You check your humility level. Your humility level. Pride comes before the fall. And we know that you check your humility and say, God, forgive me if when I had everything at my fingertips, when I could go in the grocery store and pick out whatever I wanted, when I could go shopping when I got ready, and ladies, where you could go and get your little pedicure and your little manicure and, and get your hair. Someone on Facebook the other day said, we're about to find out the true colors of all the ladies in the world. Because the beauty salons are not functioning like they should. So we had all that. Maybe we took it for granted. And we got a little bit proud. But these are the times that we can check our humility level and say, God, help us to be better followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus got up and he rebuked the storm and asked the question, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Can you, those of you that are listening, wherever you're at, at home, in your car, in Canada, France, and wherever, what are you afraid of? If we say that Jesus is our rock, let's stand on that faith that we can have in him. And if tomorrow brings us something dramatically different, let's be prepared to know that God has not changed. And the God that we love, the one that we know spoke to the wind, is the one that's with us now. And the God that we know is the one who did make it to that demon-possessed individual and that devil came out. It's the one for his mother who turned the water into wine. It's the one that said to his disciples, I've called you, trust in me. So we have his presence. I know when I leave this pulpit and go out that door, and I know that his presence is with me. But I know this, that through this whole ordeal now, God has a purpose for you. Let me encourage you, learn all you can about God, about your family, about your own spiritual life, and see what God will be able to do through you 
as we learn together. And therefore, we won't have to worry about anything that takes place. We can say, God, do what you did all through that New Testament. Do what you did and do it again and do it in me. I'm going to ask now for you to just pause in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today because we love you. We know that you care for us and we are not afraid. We have the questions that's posed to us and we know that we don't have to be afraid if our heart is right with you. But maybe we haven't been following you like we need to. Maybe we have not been as faithful. Maybe we've kind of made a fist and put it in your face and say, why are you letting this happen? Why are you, why are you letting this happen? I, I was laid off or my loved one is sick. Why, why are you letting this happen? And God, here's what we know. Nothing ever happens except to bring glory and honor to God. And if I'm not in tune with you, I'm going to have a rough way to go. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be discouraged. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to have an attitude. And God, none of those things are healthy in any way for us. So how do we get rid of that? We ask you for forgiveness. So those of you, wherever you are and you're listening and, and you know, I just need to pray. Here's a prayer. You repeat it after me. Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I have sinned. I've made mistakes. I have the wrong perspective. And I need hope to come into my heart. So let me be encouraged by what I feel now. And that is the power of your love and the power of your forgiveness. And God, what you did for those disciples, I'm asking you to do it again just for me. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you Wednesday. Again, we're going to have one more little moment of worship. Just kind of sit there and we'll be through in just a minute. God bless you. We love you. Everybody, take care of yourself. Amen. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence.
for tuning in today. We hope to see you back this Wednesday for our next online experience at 6.30 p.m. God bless you guys. Man, what an incredible word from our pastor today. Just a reminder that wherever you're at in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of crisis, can I encourage you that Jesus is with you. He sees you, he hears you, and he loves you. It says in his word that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And also, your Victory family is with you as well. If you need anything, don't forget, you can text ASSIST to 863-400-1226 and our staff is gonna respond as quickly as possible to you. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We can't wait to see you Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m.